right, episode two of To the Contrary. We're going to start off here for part one is a conversation with um, Larry Patterson, Larry T. Patterson, not me. Uh, and this, this episode, we're going to discuss um, mental insanity or not guilty by uh, temporary or mental insanity, mental illness, rather. And he has some interesting thoughts on it, and then we'll bring in the rest of the crew a little bit later. Hope you enjoy it. This okay. call is now being recorded. All right. So I, just so I can play this back for Joe. So okay. the kid, all right. So the kid in um, Michigan shot his parents. Your question to me was, is he mentally ill? Yeah. I said, good point. He he has to be if you're going to shoot your parents. Where the were the Mendez boys considered mentally ill or no? Well, with who? The Menendez brothers? No. No. But they, they, tried to make, they, they, they tried to use the uh, uh, abuse, that they were abused. Okay. That they, that they were abused. They weren't mentally ill because look at all the stuff they've done. After they killed their parents. They went and bought cars and all kind of crazy. Yeah, all kinds of money and all that, and all that stuff. And then the first jury found them what? Was it a hung jury or not guilty or something? In the first trial. Okay. Now, do we know what this, uh, do we know what this boy's motivation was? Uh, we don't quite know what his what his motivation was, but he killed them and then he tried to get away. Okay. Well, just be, just because just because you're mentally ill and you do something doesn't mean that you don't then understand the consequences of your actions. Well. I mean that's I mean that's what mentally ill is, isn't it? That you don't understand the consequences of your actions in the moment. Right, right. But uh, like, like okay, you mentally ill that moment, and then the next moment uh, uh, you okay. But no, the trial. no, that's not how that works. That's <laughs> <laughs> not that's not how it works. So things can things can happen to push people to a breaking point. That doesn't mean that they don't. Now, 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 now. That's it. Somebody can push you to a breaking point where you get so mad you do something. But everybody gets mad, but they don't kill. Well, this is you're talking about. Okay, so what about a that's. We can create anecdotes all day because I could give you an anecdote at which it's justified. Like the the remember them uh, the girls that that guy on the west side kidnapped and had them locked up in the house. At some yeah. point, they reached the breaking point, and if they had the ability, they would have killed that guy, and they would have been justified. Well, they, they're fighting for their survival. 
Uh, okay, so that is, and that is what the brain does to you when we're talking about mental illness. Where in a mo- in the moment you believe that you're fighting for your survival. Well, here's, here's uh, I, I mean, in this case, well, like in the in, in the uh, uh, in most cases, it's not like that. Like you make me so mad that you don't see things my way. Or whatever, like like the guy killing his killing killing his parents or whatever. Now I don't know what he, what he's gonna what he's gonna say, but my thought my thought was this about this mental illness stuff. Like they say, you're not guilty by reason of insanity. Okay, uh, why can't it be guilty but mentally ill? You guilty. <laughs> But you're mentally ill. Why can't how, you often, that? Why can't... how often does that really work? How often does not guilty by uh, by insanity actually? How often it though? Works. I mean, isn't that pretty rare? It's 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 pretty rare. But what I'm saying, it shouldn't even be there. It shouldn't even be there. That 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 should not even be uh, able to be a defense. If you kill somebody and you know you kill somebody, uh, there is guilty. a there 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 is a guilty by insanity defense. There know. is a, I'm, 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 well, okay. I'm just looking it up now, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, part of it is uh, diminished capacity is part of it, oh. and okay. uh, here we go incompetency. And mental, there's also temporary insanity. Yeah. Um, and there's a particular te- uh, couple of different tests that they apply to it. Here's guilty but mentally ill. As an alternative to the insanity defense, some jurisdictions permit a defendant to plead guilty but mentally ill. A defendant who is found guilty but mentally ill may be sentenced to mental health treatment at the conclusion of which the defendant will serve the remainder of his or her sentence in the same manner as any other defendant. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess it's, I guess it's somewhat in there vaguely. <laughs> Yeah, he used the sentence. 
the uh, uh, insanity defense, but it didn't work. Oh, but it did work. So. All right, oh, Dupont. Work. Dupont successfully used it. Remember that he killed a wrestler. Oh yeah, he killed that uh, wrestler. Yeah. Um, Dupont used it. Let's see who else. Uh, some British person. Oh, good grief! Lee Robin killed his wife with an axe and drowned his daughter. But instead of running from police in Illinois, he waited at the house. And sat at the foot of the stairs and told the police the bodies were upstairs. Sheesh. <laughs> oh, John Hinckley. Yeah, yeah, John Hinckley used it successfully. He shot Ronald Reagan. Yeah. He used it successfully. And he, and he I think he just, he was just released from the, uh, Facility late recently. Yeah. And then, uh, Lorena Bobbitt. Lorena Bobbitt was found temporarily insane. Yeah. So, it's rare that it works. I mean, there's, there are literally, there are literally like, they don't just figure, oh, this person's crazy. When I looked it up, there are literally tests that they have to do, you know, that that they have to pass in order for it to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you know, to me, that that's sort of a, a, a subjective test that they go to. One doctor can say... No, it's not. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not an examination of the person currently. I think it's a, you know, an examination of the scenario and yeah. what the person was thinking or exhibited during the scenario. I have to read through those, but they're kind of long. Yeah, but it's it's, it's like he's uh, uh, he still has to go before a psychiatrist or a psychologist or something, and somebody has to determine. Well, yes, he is, or yes, he ain't. Uh, yes, I know he's not. At least uh, that's what they do on Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they do on Law and Order. But uh, they have to call, you have to call in this, this on, on uh, Law and Order. You have to call in this this one woman that's uh, unless it's SVU, and then you get the Asian back. Yeah. Yeah, the SVU, the Asian, the gay Asian doctor. Is he gay? I didn't know he was gay. Yeah. I mean, he said, I don't know if he's gay in real life, but he said it on the program. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's look at him. Yeah, I don't know if he's gay in real life. Okay. All right. All right. So, man, I, I think I, I think these. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm listening. I think these people that that, that commit these crimes uh, should uh, uh, should be tried like. Well, they are. They are normal. To me, they are normal people. Whatever. 
just like this uh, uh, crude guy go in and, and, and shoot up shoot up the high school, whatever. And mm. he's gonna come. He's gonna come up with this uh, insanity thing or whatever. I don't, you know, and I don't buy it. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he did what he wanted to do, and he planned it all out. Now they can come up and say what? he's crazy if he, if, you know, if they want to or whatever. But to me, at the time he committed it, he was saying. I I don't think anybody thinks that the shooter in Florida was insane, was mentally ill. Well, they they I mean, seem like they're trying to get that in, like he had problems uh, growing up or whatever. But that's I mean, people. So I mean, you understand why that is, right? People need to feel like this is not something that can happen everywhere. They have to feel like yeah, this is yeah. not normal. Okay, okay, gotcha. I gotcha. And I go along with that 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this is a rare, this is a rare incident. And it happened here. Wow, boy, I, I just pulled up to the church and I am late today. All the parking, all the good parking spaces are gone. <laughs> boy, those people are in there today. But what are they doing? <laughs> All right, sir. Enjoy church, and we'll talk later. <laughs> Boy, they got me all jammed up here. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, I talk to you. Talk to you later, man. Okay. Bye bye. All is now being recorded. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, <clears throat> earlier this morning, my dad and I were talking about the not guilty by reason of insanity defense. And we were talking about the shooter in Central Michigan. And I started this conversation with Joe a little bit earlier. And, Joe, your thing was you think that people can have a moment of insanity? Or what was your description then? Yeah, that would be it where they are not functioning at a normal level. It's not in line with their normal thinking. They are in a heat of, of a passion and do something that is totally outside of their character. Well, uh, well, somebody can do something in a heat of passion and 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 the law recognizes this but not in but not don't say that they're insane it's called second degree murder where you don't have to time to think about it there's degrees of murder first degree second degree manslaughter and all like that like if you kill somebody in a car you don't intend to do it or whatever that's uh uh manslaughter or whatever but if you just get mad and you shoot somebody and you don't have time to think about it that's like second degree murder. Yeah. But it don't mean it has nothing to do with their mental state. Right. Well, um, and then also when you consider mitigating factors, because there's mitigating factors in the law, um, where, you know, that heat of the moment passion, like you just said, it could be wanton, it could be deliberate, 
um, and reckless, or it could be, you know, something they planned out. And that's first right. degree. That's, right. that's first that's that that's first degree murder. When you have time to think about it and you plan it and you yeah. and you commit it, then that's then you got thing, second but, degree and then you got manslaughter and then you have where the 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 the, the, the emotional state that the person is in was so mitigating to the to the crime that was committed it rises to the level of, of temporary insanity, and and that's that's the point I'm trying to make. And that's a determination that is made by a judge and jury. But I do believe there are circumstances where a person could be under such duress and stress that they can make a temporary uh, decision um, based upon their state of mind that they can't be held responsible for. Now, see, that's where I disagree. I disagree that they 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 can be held. I mean, the court may look at it as they can't be held responsible, but I think they should be held responsible for their actions. Yeah. They, if if you know what I mean, regardless of what they do, they got to they're responsible for for their actions, like you say. There there are some where there's mitigating circumstances that leads to a certain point, but right. I mean, but, but if you I, go beyond that point. If you go beyond that point, you got to realize that you're going to be held responsible for your actions. Well, and then you have beyond just temporary insanity, where you have a person that is truly insane, who makes a decision. When you look at the mitigating factors and the stress they were under, and their mental state, that they were so it was so beyond the norm that. Uh, that they cannot be held responsible because they weren't functioning as a reasonable person would. And that's well, again, well, a reasonable per well, I, I, the law may look at it that way, but I'm saying mm-hmm. the way, the way you know, the, the way I see it, that if you uh, uh, that you can't function beyond a place where you can't say that I'm not responsible because I'm functioning this way. Well, I can't I mean, be responsible. I like, can't like be responsible instance, because of I got an example, like, for instance, a soldier who uh, who has been stressed due to being in a, in, in a war zone um, to where they're driven insane, and they come back home, and it's undiagnosed, untreated, um, there was no mitigation of their illness, and they come back and shoot up a bunch of people. That person, to me, is not guilty by reason of insanity. They should face a consequence. The consequence should be that they should be interned into a mental facility until they are functioning as a normal person. And and then once again, and then and then and then what they're going to be do? Let go? Well, that will be determined. <laughs> That will be determined at that time by a mental health professional that, you know, um, was in a state of mind. Was their crime so severe that, you know, uh, even though they're normal now, uh, you know, do they, do they need to be exonerated from what they did or do they, act, now that they are functioning as a reasonable person, are they of str- a, a fit mind enough to stand trial? Once See, they that, have that, been. That's where, you know, that, 
that's that that's where I differ a little bit. Like even though they've been over there, they've been in the war zone and they've been been like this and he's functioning in in society. Like what you're saying is that they don't know right from wrong when they when they when they, when they commit this act. Well, for like, instance, like a soldier this this soldier, let's say one of the mitigating factors that he was trained to kill. He was, well, he trained. was trained to kill. He was trained to kill, but in his in his state, does he know right from wrong? And in his state, he just operated on the training that was, that he was subjected to, being in the military unit that he was in. Yeah, well, 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 I can see see him being trained to kill, but at the time of the at, at the time that he committed murder, does he know right from wrong? And that's the question. You know it, right? That, that that's what does he know right from wrong? And if if it's established that that he he can determine what's right and what's wrong, then but I believe everybody should be held accountable for, right. for their actions. I think we can both agree. I think we can both agree that if the person can, if we can, if we can determine that he was of a reasonable mind then he should be held accountable for his actions. If he was not, for whatever reason and what level that his insanity rose to, he can't be held accountable. Now, I got one for you. I am one to say uh, that, you know, uh, living in poverty can be a, 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 a mitigating circumstances that could drive a person insane to where they can make an ill-fated decision that could be temporary insanity where they're, they're facing eviction and, be, and, the, and the thought of being homeless. And they go and rob a liquor store. And in the course of robbing the liquor store, they kill someone. Well, I, mean, I don't think – see, see, th th that person is not, is not insane or whatever. But because he got – he's reasoning. He's reasoning. All the time that that I mean he's in poverty and he says I need some money if I don't I'm gonna be evicted and if, and if I go rob this store I can get some money to pay my rent so I can, he's reasoning right he is reasoning but not as a, a, a normal person would a normal person would say I can't rob a liquor store with a gun because I might kill someone but his but his thinking is so impaired. And that would be that would have to they would have to put and present evidence of that impairment. Maybe yeah, that person. But, but, mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. But Maybe that person, that person and and that person would have to present evidence to to justify that mental state. But if they could, I think that could be a mitigating factor. Environmental conditions um, could definitely. Um, impact your mental ability to such a point that you would make a decision where you will be not operating as a reasonable person. Well, well, well. When you say reason, when you say re reasonable person, well, a reasonable person is not going to get a gun and go and go try to rob a store. A reasonable person is not is just not going to do that. Right. Well, I mean, but a, a reasonable person, a reasonable person. Could, could kill someone um, based upon, you know, um, having a motive. Like if they were, yeah, if, yeah, by, yeah. If, if by killing that person, they could they could benefit in some way by, by this person being dead. 
that is a motive. And so, I mean, so it becomes a situation where you, where, where the, the, the prosecution will say he wanted this person dead because if he killed him, if he was dead, he would get the life insurance policy. And the defense would get counter with he was, uh, he was, he was temporarily insane because he was under such stress, such stress that he is w- not liable for his action. Yeah, well, see that that's 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 why I don't think stress should should be a cause for you not to be able not to be held accountable for you for your action. That's my point. Okay, well let me, let me cause because you know you know people uh, all kind of people are, are under stress every day, but they don't commit murder. That's right. I agree. I would agree with you that a reasonable person under stress would not resort to motor, but that is why I'm saying that temporary insanity is a defense depending on the evidence and, and the mitigating factors. I say yes. I would uh, I, I'm 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 far to the left on this subject. I was coming at it piecemeal, but I would I would would would, would take a step to say that conditions in America's inner cities for African American males were you know, and and females have, have risen to the point, like in Chicago, in Hell's Kitchen, in these very violent uh, urban areas, where, where where you're in a situation where where your fight or flight will kick in because you know people getting killed. So somebody steps on yeah. your tennis shoe, you can pull out your gun and shoot because you're in fear of your life. Has yeah, that person yeah. been through enough in their life that would mitigate that decision to shoot someone in the heat of the moment? I, I you know, I, I can say that I, I can see what you mean. Like li- living under those conditions can put you under where, where you live under a, a state of high anxiety or high exactly. Uh, yeah, where, where, where you live under a state of high, high anxiety and you're almost about to explode at at the least little thing. Mm-hmm. But when you but, but when you explode at that least little thing, then you got to then, then you got to accept the consequences for it. Well, I would say maybe. I would say maybe. I would say that um, you have to once again go back and look at the events, and that becomes a question for the defense. Has this person been in a situation that would lead a person to react in the way that they've been? And and you yeah. have to lay it out. I mean, some people have experienced such a level of violence in their life that at at, at a certain point, it is it, they they can't be they can't be uh, held accountable for being irrational at that time. Now they okay. They, I, I see. I, I see. I, I see what you're saying. And 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 in some cases, like in a case of Nathan Hill, mm-hmm. when when like like what was going on with all of the black people at that time, he just rose up and wanted to kill all of the all of the white people. Well, mm-hmm. I can see what put him. I can see what put him under that kind of stress. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, still, he. I mean, 
insanity didn't come into it. Well, I mean, but the but the but the definition of temporary insanity, if I understand it, is that you are put in a situation that once or something happens, you can you, you it's 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 you cannot determine what's right and wrong because you're you feel you need to defend yourself. How about this? I've seen evidence to say that African Americans, you know, and I I, I use African Americans because. It it, it 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 rings true to me, you know, because okay. America, after 400 years of slavery, have suffered DNA damage that leads them to be more susceptible to post-traumatic stress. I mean, the stress that their their mothers and fathers and mothers and fathers went through was so severe it damaged their DNA, so they're predisposed to 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 being. Uh, less than rational when something happens. That's I, would, a, that's a, that's, I mean, I don't. Uh, after after four hundred, or you put a you put a generation through four hundred years of, of of slavery, something's gonna happen to us. I mean, you're gonna pass something down to somebody. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know about the the. Well, the I mean, DNA I, I never I never considered that until I saw this study, and it and it really changed my mind. I mean, they they can look at a, a black person's DNA, find where where certain certain things you know control certain thoughts and actions, and find that there's damage there, actual damage to our genes that leads us. Because think about it, the slaves that had that survived slavery were the ones that could get along with the master, that could live in slavery, that were that had learned how to be subservient. So whatever that gene was, you know, that made them make it through slavery, be subservient enough not to get lynched. And there was lots of us that got lynched. My great great grand uncle got lynched. You know, for, for for talking back, and all of my uncles there after that time carried guns with them, and they let it be known that if you came and messed with us, we're gonna take some of you with us. And yeah. that's a fact. That's a fact. So I mean, so uh, the slaves that learn how to survive in slavery have this damage, this gene that leads them to 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 be. To, to do whatever they needed to do to make us a slavery, but there was damage that came with that. And I think we see that. I mean, I think that's what's called the slave mentality. I mean, I mean, I, I, I want to see somebody pick up that study and, and take it the next step. I think it's, it's, it's the gene that makes black people, you know, like they did the Pygmalion study where they held up a white guy to help a black guy. And the black kids kept on picking the yeah, white dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's psychological. That might be genetic. Uh, that sort of well, Yeah, well, I always looked at it as being sort of psychological rather than genetic. But uh, it's it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, because those kids were too young. To, I mean, but they picked it up at a young age. These were babies. They were running that yeah. test with. All right. So yeah. let's, let's so let's redirect this now, right? So recently we've been talking about 
the uh, the people that have been doing mass shootings in the United States. Yeah. Right. So we right. talked about let's specifically <laughs> the young man who was in uh, Florida recently, which is a good good case to look at because we're looking at an adopted kid who lost both of his parents recently and and um, was going to effectively have to change homes and go live with somebody else because not only not only did his adopted father die but his adopted mother died as well. So, does that, what sort of state of mind do you attribute to that, though, Joe? Okay, could you? I mean, so basically, he he was under stress because he found out the family he had bonded with wasn't going to be able to take care of him anymore. Is that is that why the situation correctly? No, they died. So, if his adopted father, he was adopted as a as a young child. His adopted father died when he was four. His adopted mother died in November of 2017. That's severe stress right there. Continue. So, so at that point, you know, he uh, he was had to move into a friend's uh, family home. They were they were taking him in. So, does that does that contribute enough? If you're on the jury to say this is this is uh, this is severe mental illness, you know, and he shouldn't be held responsible for his actions on that day? If if they could find a medical professional to come in and evaluate him, I'm not saying just in general. This is never in general. It's always case by case. To come in and sit down, because stress is individual. What stresses you out might not stress me out. It might be a picnic for me. But but in the, on a case by case basis, a medical professional comes and sits down with that young man, and through a set of professional evaluation, was able to, to determine that that individual was at a level of stress where it impaired his mental function. Yes, that could be a defense. That could be you know that could be a defense. But when you look at his reasonable actions, when when you look at what he did, like. What he did on the day, what he did leading up, what he did leading up to the shooting, and for him to go in and shoot up kids, see, we don't know it all. He may have been, he may have been bullied in school. He may have been something happened in school that he was upset about or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just and just decide to, uh, you know what I mean, and, and just decide to do it because on the surface, looking at his family home, like like the family that he was living with. Seem to be good people. Right. You know but, what I mean? But the one thing that's been proven that adopted kids that know they're adopted are already are typically under stress. Adopted children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of children come. I mean, and we don't know the state of the home. We don't know the state of his personal life. We don't know a lot of things. But, but on its face, just you break it down, the deaths of his two caregivers. That could be extremely stressful for a minor child. Extremely stressful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that. But look at the, but, but look at the point of the crime. Look what he went through. The day of the, the day of the crime. The way he was talking to his, um, to and his brother, to it. And so and here's, another, going thing. To here's the, another thing. This is what I thought when I first saw that news story. 
schizophrenia bipolar, and I know this from real life experience, you can have a normal child from 1 to 18. Then 19 or 18, 19, 20 roll around, and they could go total ziggity-boo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's mental, yeah. mental illness onsets after 17. So yeah. he could have yeah. been, and, and, and he could be a totally deranged person by age 20. That, yeah. that is, yeah. that is, and a, and a lot of times these people learn coping techniques to pretend like they're normal, but they're not. Yeah. I mean, if you, my daughter, I mean, I have a, I have a, a close loved one that, uh, you know, as dealing with these issues and, you know, I mean, she can, she can pass for a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, she's learning enough to do that, but if you really sit down and spend time with her, you'll see that, you know, she needs help. Yeah. And, uh, um, so I, I, I mean, just dealing with a person with mental illness has led me to be more open and understanding how severe it is. Yeah. And then when they'll do something awful, you know, um, and then have no recollection of what they did. No. Yeah. Or if they remember it, they don't see nothing wrong with it. How how do you, but how do we, how do doctors figure that out? I mean, because I know people have tried to use this defense before, and they say, you know, I don't, I don't remember what happened. Everything was a blur. You know, I, I, I blacked out. You know, I just saw colors, you know, those type of things. And they try to use that defense for for their actions. And in the same vein, <clears throat> after they receive, let's say, you know, a sentence for something like this is 25 to life. Let's say they receive medical treatment for two or three years and they get better. Then do you advocate for them to be released back into society? I think if they can be evaluated by a mental professional um who who can who makes a, a a medical diagnosis, I trust the medical professional. But you know, the only ones the only ones that's gonna get that kind of treatment are those that have the money. Exactly. I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of sick people that are serving a hard time right now. People that right. are a lot of people. I mean, in my opinion, the insanity and temporary insanity plea is used way too least. I think that a person, like the heartless felons, I, I bet you if you got them on and did a baseline study, you would see all those people in that heart, in the heartless felons more than likely, you know, have some type of severe mental issue. Some type of schizophrenia, and schizophrenia, the hallmark of schizophrenia is that you cannot tell right from wrong. The hardest felons, they are on average age 14 to 22, right in the age when schizophrenia manifests itself. So, so I, I, mean, I, I, I 100% disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> these, these individuals are plotting and planning. These individuals come down to the county office. They look up the judge's address. They look up the detectives 
home address on their parcel where they where they bought land at. They track them down. They sit outside their homes and they wait to kill them. I didn't say. I just told you that a person with severe mental illness can pretend like they're a functioning person, but when you analyze their behaviors, you can see that their behavior is so outside the norm that they're not they're not right. And all I'm saying is, I'm not saying they're not their, their deeds aren't dastardly. I'm saying that they are not functioning. They cannot function inside the parameters of society. They've banded together because they're not thinking as a rational person who cannot tell right or wrong. And they're doing things that are heartless, that are felonious because they're not mentally sound. I mean, think about it. What, what did the gangbangers say? I mean, they want to be, they want to one-up each other on how crazy they can be. I don't, I, I, holy cow, what is with the noise? Um, I, dis- I disagree with that the mental level. But see, my, my point is this, Joe, that if you can plan something, if you can sit down and plan something, and plan to get away with it or whatever. No matter your mental state, you got to be treated as if you you recognize what you are doing and you did it anyway. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that. I, I know that I have a different view, and I'm comfortable with my view. But what I what I what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make is is that that's why I say mis, that mental illness is mis, misdiagnosed in a, in a lot of, of cases with uh, criminal behavior. Criminal behavior and mental illness go hand in hand. I mean, that is one of the actions that that it, that highlights people having being mentally ill is, is their extreme behavior, um, attention-seeking behavior, um, or, or behavior that is characterized without being able to determine right and wrong. So what if you got it, if you was a mentally ill person and you got with a bunch of other mentally ill persons that made you think that your 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 um your behavior was was right. That that right became or wrong became right in that, that group. That that group thing took over. And you're you're mentally ill. They find people that that are able to enable your mental illness. In some cases, you know, you get praise for your mental illness because you because you you're so outside the loop. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's easy answers for these things, and I say you have to look at them case by case. I'm just saying that mental illness is. Especially in the African American community, especially in impoverished people, is definitely underdiagnosed and undertreated. I mean, think about some of these kids that that go into these gangs. They come from extreme poverty, extreme poverty, where they don't even have food to eat, or they they get certainly substandard or less than um, suitable parenting. It's like a cauldron for 
these type of behaviors. I mean, it leads to an extreme disregard for human life. I hear you. I don't, I just, we, we're going to agree to disagree. <laughs> so if, if we're going to, we're going to attribute, you know, a, a impoverished society to mental illness that then we have to accept the fact that, that, uh, the kid that killed somebody, uh, had that, that mental illness of affluenza. I don't accept that one either. Well, I mean, I, I mean, like I said, these are case by case. It could be that he wasn't. It could be that he was. I don't know. It's a case by case circumstance. But I would leave, I would go on to say that, uh, I would say most black people that uh, come from these circumstances are self, everyone, they, it's a proven fact that everyone has some trait that could be attributed to mental illness. And I'm saying that severe environmental conditions can exacerbate those traits. Yeah, you know, you know, Joe, that there's there's mental illness, and and then sometimes there's just plain meanness. There are some just cruel people in the world that that that, that, that does things that uh, because they want to do it, not that they're did you know we used to shoot? We used to shoot soldiers that was suffering from post-traumatic stress. We used to do that. I mean, if, I mean, especially in World War One, I, I was reading a study about that, where 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 they were talking about how soldiers that that because in World War One, it was the violence that was seen in World War One with the Gatling gun and the bombs and everything was some of those weapons was the first time they were used in mass combat. And so, I mean, there were things seen in World War One. The level of death had never been unprecedented in human history. And so, soldiers that that were stressed and refused to take their assignments, they were accused of being cowards and shot. We don't do that anymore. And what I would would venture to say, I think maybe a hundred years, two hundred years down the line, you know, I feel like there will be an enlightenment about why crimes are committed and, and, and it will be attributed to, you know, rapid mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, I think, I think we blame too much on, on illness sometimes too much on, uh, we, 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 we dwell on this fact illness is you well, is you well, but some people does, I mean, do things, because they want to do it. It's just in the meanness of their heart, just like in uh, uh, Columbine, the Columbine shooting. Those boys, they just did that because they wanted to do it. And, and that could be true. But I would, 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 would think that a person that would do something so evil, so black-hearted that, you know, there's reason is for that. What brought that person to that dark place? I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that in a certain percentage, I don't know what that percent is, you know, of people that are just evil. They were born that way. It's, it's probably in their genes. It had nothing to do with how they were raised or anything they ever experienced. They were just evil from day one. Then I like to think that some people are brought to that place by their experiences in their life, where they come to a place where they just don't have it. They don't have. They don't care about anything or anybody. 
And I think right. that when that person is brought to that place through severe trauma, through severe deprivation, through severe um, emotional distress, that's when that's when the question of mental illness is should be looked at. But how many how many of these people can afford a lawyer or afford a psychologist or psychotherapist to really come in and look at their situation? I was watching one sentencing, a video of a sentencing of this young person who had killed somebody else, and and the lawyer just ran down of all this litany of horrible things that this person had been through. You know, and he didn't use the mental defense. He just just asked for leniency from the, the court. But, but that, yeah, I mean, but, but that is that is what those are mitigating factors, right? They are. And I think I think that that's how that should be used. Not that you're not guilty or guilty, you know, but insane or by reason of insanity, but mitigating factors are on sentencing. Right, and and definitely that's an option for the judge, but in a vast the majority of these cases where you have these people that do these things, they get the maximum sentence. Your sound what quality is, just went terrible, Joe. Did you? Oh, sorry. I said in the vast majority of these cases, those individuals with those mitigating factors get the maximum sentence on whatever they did. And then they cut, they go into prison and they come out even more hardened criminals. So it's a, it's a self, uh, uh, a repeating cycle of, uh, uh, of stress. Yeah, but and you know, get, that's when they say when you get a person that's institutional. I remember when I was doing the radio show, he was talking, they were talking about this guy who was in jail and he just got out. He goes in the parking lot and holds up somebody in the parking lot and they take him right back in. That's a person that's been in, institutionalized where they can only function in the confines of a jail. They they can't function in reasonable society. That person is mentally ill. <laughs> you know, I, I well, it, it, it possibly could be, but you know, you you got to look at prison like this. It, the prison is not for rehabilitation; it's for punishment. And that is where we go wrong. I would say after, especially after watching Oz, I would say the, the conditions is existing, especially in American prisons with the overpopulation, the, the drug and the violence, um, the drug culture and the, and, the, and the culture of violence, that, you know, there is, uh, there is no redeeming, no redeeming value Besides punishment or, 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 or mass incarceration for profit, there's no other motive to lock a person up besides that. Because there's nothing good that's going to happen in that, to that person in prison. They're only going to come out worse. And, uh, I think that's where the American penal systems go wrong. And I think that a lot of the, the reason why prisons are so intolerable is traced back to race. And and um and income. I mean, if if more if, if more people, you know, if if rich people went to jail, it wouldn't be so bad. That's why the federal penitentiaries, because more of them go there for white collar crimes, are not as bad as state prisons. 
and certainly not as bad as private prison. No. Okay. So I'm, well, I'm, we, I'm on the far left. I'm on the far left of this subject, but that's my opinion. Okay. Okay, but look like we look like we all can agree to disagree. <laughs> yes, sir. But I respectfully disagree. I mean, I think I can. Right, I can right, right. I, I see a point that we need to do something to stop the violence, and people need to be accountable for their actions. But I think that rather than spend more money on prisons, we need more mental health treatment. We need more drug treatment. We need more counseling in the schools. We need better a better educational system and a, and a criminal justice system that is fair and not just based. Not I mean, for instance, like how the death penalty is applied. Disproportionately, it's black people that get get killed, and 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 legal legal. I mean, in criminal convictions, most of the time the juries are all white, more all white. I mean, you can look it up. It's a proven fact that that this has been something that's adjudicated on. I mean, lawyers eliminate black people from juries in criminal justice cases so they can get the outcome that they want, which is typically the maximum sentence. I mean, that is a known fact. They train you mean, lawyers you mean, on how to do you mean, you mean prosecutors? Prosecutors, yes. I say lawyers, but prosecutors eliminate black people from the juries. In most cases, vast majority, I would say in the high 90s, Black people who are go to jail, especially those without money, go to jail facing all white juries. Well, you know, it's 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 it, the the jury system. I mean, the the court system like that is based on, uh, you know, who has who, who has the money. It, you know, it's, it's the money thing. If you're well off, if you're well off and and, and you got money, then. You're going to do less time, or you're going to get out, or whatever. It all depends on that. Like that John Hinckley guy. That guy shot the president. And where did he go? <laughs> he went to a mental institution, and uh, now he, he he might even be out now. And he well, shot the president. He's still, he's still in jail. He's still in jail. Hinckley is still in jail. But yeah, I know what you mean. And he ain't in I'm, jail. He's in a he's been a mental facility. He never went to jail. Right, you're right. You went to a minute. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, how can you shoot a president, get past all of those guards and go in and then shoot, shoot, shoot a president, then, you know, you don't go to jail for Well, I mean, in that particular case, I mean, dude was literally insane. I mean, they, they, <laughs> He was I, just, I, just, I just want to clarify something here real quick. John Hinckley, I, I believe, was released in 2016. <laughs> he was released from jail. He's not even in the public. Hold on. I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up right now. Here's the Reagan assassination attempt. Here's his treatment. Um, I'm scrolling down. July 27, 2016, federal judge ruled that Hinckley was allowed to be released from St. Elizabeth as he was no longer considered a threat to himself or others. 
and so he was released. Okay. Yes. So therefore, justice was served. Okay. So if he'd have killed the president, would the same thing then? Probably. He went in. He went in. I would say this. If John Hinckley was black, they would have shot him on the spot. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe he wouldn't have made it. He wouldn't have made it to pass go to collect $200. They would have, they would have, they, they would have seen a black face and all of them would have opened fire and killed him on the spot. But because he's white, he gets the chance to go to trial. I had no argument against that. <laughs> All right, so we went we went forty minutes here. We'll, we'll end this one right here. Um, okay. Next time, next time we talk, we'll definitely go over reparations. I got a feeling I'll be much more talkative on that one because I think the two of you uh, have have uh, similar opinions on reparations. But we'll try to do that one in the, in the upcoming day. All right. Okay. All righty. Okay, right, talking to you, Mr. Patterson. Nice talking to you, Joe. All right, Bye. take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, that's the episode. If you want to get involved with Joe's nonprofit called the Paladin Initiative uh, with mentoring kids, working with inner-city youth, give them a buzz at 216-240-1316. You can also leave show ideas, show topics. If you want to be a guest on the next episode, let us know. That's it. To the Contrary, episode 2 is in the can.